afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group with REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So the continuous media of cycle of real estate continues here. And what I'm grateful for is we've actually got some good data and some things to talk about that are going to make a difference in people's lives this week. And there was an article on Inman specifically that is talking about the seven-day home sale is now a rarity as the market slowdown continues. I would argue the word slowdown is not appropriate, and what would be would be a normalization, a deceleration, something along those lines, because I never saw seven days on the market for the 21 years I've been doing this until these past two years. So where this data comes from is some uh, uh, Zillow uh, had reported in the week of October 16th that the average uh, half of the homes on Zillow have a 54 days on market stat that is up from a 38 days on market statistic the same time last year. Basically, how long it takes for a home to hit the market until an agreement of sale is signed. So, you know, there's been a jump here in how long it's taking, and it's a 45% increase in time on market. What do you two ladies think about this? Are are you seeing this now? Is this something buyers and sellers should be aware of? Tell us more. Yeah, I mean, I think I am – I am in general seeing that, but that is not to say that there aren't homes that hit the market and don't get under contract right away um, because that still 100% occurs. Um, I know there was one that I was just looking at as a comp for a listing that I have here that went uh, under under contract in four days. So, um, you know, I think there certainly are ones out there where if you're priced right, you're in the right area. If it's a, a hot listing, I think it will still go quickly. But in general, I am starting to see uh, days on market tick up a bit. I definitely agree. Um, and again, it's it really depends on the home. Mm-hmm. I had a listing go live um, over the weekend, the weekend prior, and it was on for three days, and we got under contract. So that's you know well below what they're stating now. But again, if it's priced accordingly, if it's priced in the market and not just on the market. Uh, you will see some homes sitting. There's still sellers there out in the market that are pricing their homes really aggressively high mm-hmm. um, because they're the last to find out that the market is shifting. So you'll see those listings, and buyers, I think, are apprehensive about even putting an offer in on something like that until they see price drops, mm-hmm. where I see them as opportunities. Right. You know, put the offer in and see what the seller says. Right. You know? So what you just said there is where I wanted to go with this. What are the implications of rising time on market? And I'll give you our local stats here as we go through this. I see lots of opportunity for sellers and for buyers. So when folks ask, well, why is this home on the market or what does it mean? How are you handling that in the field? Because I am clear this has a lot of positive outcomes for real estate agents and for consumers, which are both of the key parties that are involved here. Well, it really depends on what uh, what I can find out about the home, why I think it's sitting on the market longer. Is it just because of the price point? It's just, you know, overpriced. 
or if, is there something major wrong with it that could be a potential um, you know, roadblock for the buyers? It Does it have septic that could need repairs? All these things. So how to approach it is to tell your, you know, if the buyer's still interested in the home, go see the home, no matter what price point. If the buyers say, well, it's too high, but the house has been on the market for 21 days, mm-hmm. go see the home. Right. Let's look at it. Let's take a look. Would it work for you? Let's look at the seller's disclosure. Let's see, you know, what kind of offer we could put together and see what the seller says. Leave it right. up to the seller. Right. And where I think you get a lot of opportunity with that is if the seller has not gotten other offers, right. they may feel a bit of pressure to make this one work because they don't have a ton of other ones that they're being able to to pick and choose from. And they may be a little bit reluctant to go and do that price drop. But once they do it, now you may be against, you know, some competition, you know, price drops. That's going to, depending on what the price point is and where it hits, like you could now be getting um, a new influx of buyers that maybe didn't see that one before because Mm -hmm. they weren't searching for something up higher. And so now they're seeing this for the first time. So you're not just competing against people that saw it at the higher price and now they saw the price drop, you know. um, So getting in. And putting in that lower offer is once it's been had you know accumulated some days on market there is sometimes your best way to to wedge in at the the price you want to pay exactly because if you do wait for that price drop to happen like like I've heard buyers say well I'm just going to watch it I'm just going to keep my eye on mm-hmm. it and that's exactly what happens Sarah they keep their eye on it there's a price adjustment boom two days it's under contract right and sometimes in those cases like this could be a home that sat for 21 days mm-hmm. 30 days mm-hmm. plus. They do a price drop, and then you might get now all of a sudden it's five offers in, right? You know, and it's competitive again, right? Yeah. Well, that'll happen with homes that have been on the market like six or eight months, even sometimes. Yeah. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, the market kind of comes around. This happened on the home I bought; it was on the market two and a half years, and then all of a sudden, an offer comes in the next day. You can't make this stuff up, wow. um, and, yeah, and and which is fine because we got it. So who cares? <laughs> However, what's interesting here is we're seeing this number rise nationally so i just pulled up our stats from the month of september so the average days on market in chester county was 17 days in the month of september um now uh, year to date it's 16 so it's kind of hitting around the same number but the average is 33 so i found that to be pretty interesting it seems like our market's a little different uh days on market in delaware county is up by two days uh from the year to date average 21 days from a year to date average of 19 and 16 this time last year so that's a five-day increase which may not sound like a lot but you're talking about 25 percent there so it, it five days doesn't sound like a lot but the increase is big um in montgomery county 19 days compared to an average of 18 last year and 18 year to date and in Philadelphia, and this is where you see the biggest jump, and, I, and I'm clear this is probably more indicative of the national market. It's 40 days on the market is the average compared to 30 this time last year. So that's a 33% increase. And it's 37% or 37 year to date, excuse me. So 37 year to date versus 40 right now. So we're seeing Philadelphia has, has definitely the, the higher days on market. What you two said, I, I could not agree with more. you got to look at each situation, right? There's going to be the homes that sell right away, and then there's the ones that sit. And that's where I see a lot of opportunity yeah. for folks. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity specifically I want to hit on with that is it gives you the chance to negotiate, like mm-hmm. we talked about. You can make an offer and make an offer that a lot of people may like feel like shy about or not like totally clear on. I, I would write that offer 100% of the time. You can ask for a seller's assist, right? Should we explain seller's assist? I'm guessing we probably should. So basically it's a credit from the seller to the buyer for closing costs or something else, 
or there might be the opportunity to use that assist towards like a buy down on your mortgage rate. So yeah. I see all these different things happening here. And this to me is just another sign of a normal market. And all the folks that maybe were hesitant to jump into the market because things were moving too fast or they didn't want to get involved. To me, th this is what they've been waiting for. This is what every buyer said they wanted. Think about the buyers you had in 2020 or 2021 that said the market's moving too fast. Right. Yep. We, we should just call them all right now and say, hey, right. rates have gone up, but the market's slower now. Which, which do you prefer? Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, what to your point about just write the offer, even if it's mm -hmm. one that, you know, it's like, oh, like the seller may want that as well, because that gives them the opportunity to counter mm -hmm. and um, for you to maybe come to terms. So, um, you know, I mean, you don't want to write something like insulting, but, <laughs> right. um, you know, if you're if it's a, a real offer, you know, I mean, I think it's always worth it to put it in because you don't know what the seller will come back with. And you don't you know, it it creates right. opportunity. Always write the offer. Always. Right. So you say always write the offer. Tell us more about that because I, it fascinates me how many agents will call and be like, hey, will the seller take X? And, and there's just no perspective there. You don't know what the financing looks like. You don't know what the inspections or the terms look like or the possession date. Some buyers are afraid to put it in there, say, call them and see if they'll take it. I, I, I don't understand how you can make an informed decision without a written offer. I know you've written like a hundred some offers this year, Stacy. So, and your business is obviously reflective of that. So, so tell us more why you say always write the offer. What, what's your thought process there? Because they have to. The other side, the other agent has to present it to the seller. So, when it's in writing, it's formal. It's mm -hmm. it's a legitimate, viable offer that they right. can sign or or negotiate, whatever. But at least it's in front of them. It's mm -hmm. like this person. My client is serious about purchasing your home. Right. Here's the offer. Present it to them and see what they say. Yeah, you're talking to the listing agent and you're asking them, hey, will your seller take this? They could only, they only have an opinion of what they think their seller right. is going to be willing to accept. So let the seller decide because right. ultimately they're the ones that make the decision. Right. And it, it leads to an uncomfortable like situation then if, you're like, yeah, write it up, and then you don't get it. And now right. you've gone to the seller saying, like, hey, you know, they've got this interest, yada, yada. Like, it's – you want to wait. Like, you can certainly let your seller know, you know, hey, like, we've – I've. you want to give them feedback and let them obviously know what's going on. They need to be kept in the loop. But, um, yeah, like, have – like, you want to be able to actually say, like, yes, I've got an offer or, yes, I've got this many offers, you know, and then you can go through them. Yep. What it also does, it takes all the pressure off you trying to navigate, okay, well, I think they might take this or I think they might take that because we don't know. I mean, right. and, and what's fascinating is every client handles their relationship with their agent a lot differently. It's not, you know, Sarah may have a listing and the seller tells her everything versus you have a listing and the seller plays it really close to the vest and doesn't even want to disclose to the agent what they're willing to accept. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying either's right or wrong. I'm a big believer in full transparency. Some people don't feel that way. That's okay. You don't know until you present it, and that's what so many people don't get. And a lot of them, I, I attribute it to lazy agents not wanting to write the paperwork. Right. They, you know, they, they they think they know more than the market. And in my view, it's write the offer so we're not guessing because mm -hmm. when you guess, that's when you lose in business. Period. End of story. Yep. And I think also some ag um, agents who are representing the buyers, if again it goes back to ego, if their buyers aren't willing to. <laughs> you know, listen and craft the offer the way the agent wants it crafted mm -hmm. to have a better shot of getting accepted, then the agent's just like, oh, well, they're not going to accept that anyway. So, right. And again, it's laziness. 
They just don't want to put forth the effort. And But it goes back to the client. What does the client want to offer on the home? Yes, you can right. guide them and give them advice, and they, they'll ask you questions on, you know, how to make the offer the strongest. I always give my opinion on how to make the offer mm-hmm. the strongest. Sure. But if they're if it's not within their comfort level, right? That's not my position to to make a decision whether we should write the offer or not. You know, I always say I encourage them. Let's just put it in. Right. This is what you're comfortable with. Let's put it in and see what the sellers say. Right. And like if they don't take your advice on how to do it and the offer still gets accepted, right? Like great. You yeah. know, like that's that's it's fantastic. A it's not a like, you know, a tough pill to swallow. Like you're yes. calling and you're giving them great news. And if they, you know, come back, they're like, I told you. It's like, all right, well, good. Yes, you did. Cool. And I'm so excited like, that great. you I'm glad, got this. Right. I'm glad mm-hmm. that we got this the way that you put it together. Like that's yeah. fantastic. I, I think it's okay to admit you're wrong too. And that's sure. when a lot of people don't realize they want to be right all the time. And that creates more problems than not. So with this rise in days on market, you know, there's the ability to get a seller's assist to buy down a mortgage rate. Basically, there, there, there's programs out there. It's called a two-one buy down. We just talked about it yesterday at a, at a team training where you can pay a fee up front to buy down the rate. Let's say you're at seven percent. Well, it goes to five percent your first year, six percent your second year, and then seven percent your third year, and it's fixed there. So it saves people almost four hundred dollars a month on a three hundred thousand dollar loan, putting twenty percent down. If you can negotiate that assist for the seller to pay for that, well, and, and someone's anticipating making more money, you know, most people get it like a 3 4% raise every year, um, especially if they're salaried, then all of a sudden you have the ability to grow into your mortgage payment a little bit. So it, these high rate concerns can go away, at least in the short term. And then if rates do come down, there's the ability to refinance down the line, but you know it's going no higher than 7%. So to me, that's another advantage here because we used to see sellers assist one out of every two sales prior to 2020. How many sellers assist have you seen up front with an offer in the past two years? Not many. Not many. <laughs> no, not many. I actually had a client put one in and he had it accepted. Wow. I know, which was shocking. That's so like one out of 100, literally. Yeah, yeah it was It was just a, one of those lucky things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did happen and it was shocking. But uh, yeah, no. Yeah, not I mean, many. there were, I had a couple of situations over the last couple of years where maybe you went in, you know, over and above to account sure. for the fact that you were putting it in. But even with that, that wasn't typically enough to get it mm-hmm. accepted, you know? Well, and, and that's the point, though. This was something that was super common up mm-hmm. until 2020 happened. And it was literally, I, I think we charted the data. It's, it's around 50% of all the all the offers we had signed had some sort of seller's assist that came in, which is pretty normal, whether it's a repair credit or something else. So these things can go towards that buy down. And if you can negotiate that and grow into the payment, that's another win for sellers. And it's another win for buyers because if seller, they can get a better price because the, the rate's going to be lower, at least that first year. So that's another you know great repercussion of time on market rising. And I would also argue this, this is what happens seasonally. You always see time on market go up in the fourth quarter. So I don't think this is anything unusual. Just folks haven't been used to it over the past 24 months. So do you two see this trend continuing? How do we see things shaking out the rest of the year here? Where do you think the average days on market's going to come in? T- tell me more about how you see this continuing to play out. I definitely think it's going to continue. Um, I'm just more concerned about what the Fed's going to do with the, if another rate hike is uh, in the near future. Um, it could... Uh, definitely affect this and you'll see days on market even longer because the buyer pool is going to thin out. Right. 
Yeah. No, I think I think this is going to continue um, at least for the next couple months um, where we're going to see things, you know, sit a little bit longer um, at overall for, you know, for most. There's I exactly like we were saying earlier that there, there will be those homes that go up and mm-hmm. go immediately. Yeah. Um, but in general, I think they're going to they're going to keep ticking up. Yeah. And, and we used to see the average time on market prior to 2020 was anywhere from 45 to 60 days. 60 days was kind of that sweet spot. So it takes two months for homes to sell. So knowing that we're still well below that, I mean, in the suburbs, we're about a third of that days on market. And you know, the, the list of sales price ratio is also reflective that the market's changing too. If you look at where homes are selling for, so in Montgomery County, their uh, sellers on average are getting 99.9% of their sale price versus 102.3% year to date. In Delaware County, we're seeing 99.3 versus 101.4 percent to date, year to date. Excuse me. And then in Chester County, 101.2 versus 102.9. So we're seeing that the prices are also reflective. So days on market's going up, prices are coming down, and this is where agents are really going to have to kind of learn how to manage their clients a lot better. I mean, you've all taken listings over the past couple you know months here so are those conversations different than they were for any listings you took the first half of the year i'm pretty consistent with the information that i provide to my to my sellers Um, i definitely let them know that the market really dictates what their home is going to sell for Mm -hmm. we could come up with pricing based on comps and updates but once it's live on the market we're or when we do coming soon we're going to know the traffic pattern you know we're going to mm-hmm. see how many, how much interest is in the home and i always let them know that you know there may be it may be necessary to do a price adjustment in the in the first week or two right yeah i mean i think um you know regardless of what the current state of the market is just kind of providing them with the information the current info that we have um at the time to best like advise them but yeah to let them know that ultimately you know, there is going to be a couple different data points that are going to really show us what's actually going on. Are we getting showings? Yes or no. If we are and we're not getting offers, okay, that's telling us something as well. What is the feedback that we're getting? What is, you know, there's a lot that goes in there that we can use to kind of determine if we need to to make any adjustments. The communication plan with your clients is going to be more important than ever because all the things you're talking about, I think that that's what agents lost how to do. They didn't have like a guarantee around communication or I'm going to be calling you once a week. You're going to be getting X, Y, and Z for me to keep you informed because sellers get stressed. And if they don't know what's going on, it it can be really challenging. And talking to them every day is not going to be productive unless there's like active negotiations going back and forth. I view it as that you've got to have that plan in place. You've got to service them like you used to or agents used to prior to 2020 or how successful agents used to prior to 2020. Because there's all these things in play now, and, and the knowledge base is going to have to increase. The communication is going to have to be stronger and more consistent and reliable. And, you know, folks are going to have to know that you're in bed with these people. It's not going to be, I listed your home, you're not going to talk to me again, it's going to sell. It's, it's, it's going to take a couple months in some cases to move these properties, mm-hmm. especially when you're in the high end or you're not in that sweet spot in your market. So um, I, I, I agree with you. This, this is a normal market. And I'm clear the agents that are going to shine during this are the ones that know their skills, know their game, have that daily schedule that's really consistent, all the stuff that we've talked about constantly. So I'm kind of glad this is over in some ways. Um, I mean, you know, low rates were great, but I I don't know that was really a sustainable market. And like you said, the Fed's meeting again, so we're going to have to see what they do uh, coming out of today's meetings. And it looks like they're going to raise rates 
uh, 75 basis points, so uh, three-quarters of a point. And I don't know if the market's going to react to it right away. I mean, it it seems like it might already be baked into some of the pricing here, although the the Dow did drop today. We're seeing some things happen, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's all just understanding what's going on in the market, sticking with the basics and how to service people, and, you know, seven days on the market is just not sustainable. Yeah, I agree. And there is relief for some of the buyers, especially some of my clients. They yeah. feel like they have a little bit more time to think about things. Right. Well, you got to figure they're making a pretty big financial commitment oh. here. So the fact that you had to have 10 minutes to make a decision <laughs> yeah. may not be the best way to go in some cases. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, uh, and we are going to talk about Gary Keller's advice for real estate agents and the Q4 housing market. And then we've got, in our final segment, Lori Cushman from the Just Amir Foundation. She just walked in. Very interesting, great cause that uh, they support over at the Just Amir Foundation. If you want to find out more, you can visit Just Amir. That's J-U-S-T-A-M-E-R-E, foundation.org. We'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We have been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand-new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Okay. 
Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And we've got special guest Lori Cushman in the house from the Just Amir Foundation. You can visit them at the Just Amir Foundation. It's Just Amir Foundation. Know the .org. And Stacy, Sarah, and I all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow or a like or a subscription. So, Gary Keller, who I'm a, I'm a big fan of. I like Gary Keller. I think he's pretty insightful. He's one of the more dynamic people in real estate. Um, so he had some advice uh, at um, one of his latest speaking engagements uh, with Inman and talking about how to work during the downturn. So I'm going to tell you what he said. And then maybe you can give, give us our reaction here. Sound good? Mm-hmm. So the first thing that came out was that, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about mergers acquisition, not yesterday, last week, mergers acquisition, liquidations. We don't need to get into that. Gary Keller said, focus on a career, not a year. And what he meant by that is that the key for working through the current market and positioning yourself, meaning an agent, when the market turns the other way, is um, that maybe, you know, not necessarily lose sight of the current year, but understand that, hey, this is a long haul. Don't don't play the squirrel game and skip around looking for a fast fix. It's going to all be about long-term buildup, nurturing. What's the long view? So how, how do you two feel about that? Yeah, I think that's very accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's not going to be quite as many of those just like quick turn um, contracts. It's going to be you know, really keeping in touch with people and, uh, you know, keeping them informed of what's going on. So, Sarah, I want to hit on you for a second because you've been doing something really consistently for, what, about six months now? Mm -hmm. So why don't you explain what you've been doing for your business and how you're starting to see the payoff literally like six months later? Yeah, so um, another agent on the team and I have been really committing to door knocking. Um, So we are going around to different neighborhoods where we have buyers that are interested in getting into them um, and just literally knocking on doors and uh, letting the homeowners know that we have people trying to to get into this neighborhood. Um, And, you know, are there any neighbors that they have kind of like heard chattering about maybe thinking about about selling? So it's not always directing it as like, hello, person that answered the door, would you like to sell your house? <laughs> but kind of more like, hey, give me the scoop on the neighborhood. Like who has, you know, who's been talking about downsizing? Who's been thinking about doing this or that? And, um, you know, and it it works well for both parties because you're helping open up some inventory in a neighborhood that you ha- you know that people are trying to get into, as well as getting in touch with some sellers. And it's, it's typically not going to be that you – talk to somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, let, right now, let's go ahead and list. It's, you know, in a year, you know, or in six months or whatever. That's kind of when we're thinking we'd be ready to start talking. So it's um, – and then it's keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. So you started this in – it was March, I think, is, mm-hmm. is when you guys got started. And it's been pretty much like a weekly thing, right? Mm-hmm. So how has that – six months later, because you've you invested a lot of time now, and, and yeah. six months is a good time to kind of evaluate – Talk about the results you've gotten from this, because this is the part that fascinates me. I'm not surprised, but maybe you're feeling a little differently than you did six months ago when you started. And it's always hard when you're when you're trying to build something up like this long term. Right. I mean, I think it's been nice uh, getting results from it and actually getting signed listing contracts from it and getting things on the market, Um, because, 
you know, until you actually see that it's working, it can be tough to keep yourself motivated to stay in touch with people. Like, are they ever really going to be ready to do anything? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but knowing that, you know, just, you know, being a, a constant there, you know, checking in, not being like pushy, but just keeping in touch and keeping like your eye on that neighborhood and, and whatnot. Um, if you stick with it, the results will eventually come through. So you signed three listings since you started doing this, right? Yes. And yeah, you have a ton of prospects in the hopper here. So mm-hmm. how did you keep yourself continuing to to focus on the long game? Because I, I think the hardest part isn't like when you get the lit once you start getting some results, it's like, all right, this is fine. Yeah. It's like that first like two or three months, I would argue, is probably the most challenging. Like think like March to June. Like how yeah. how are you feeling about all this? Yeah. I mean, it was I think for those first months, it was exciting just getting somebody to give you any piece of information, you know, and then kind of figuring out from there. And it's like a, it's a learning process. So um, I'm sure the first time that we went out, we were probably pretty awkward, you know? (laughs) Um, So, you know, kind of figuring out how to key in on what is, what is it that we're really trying to accomplish, like for this initial step of it. And it's, it's in steps and it's in phases and um, then kind of knowing what to ask and then being able to circle back through areas that we've been in before and say, like, I've been here before, you know, like put a face, like to kind of put a face with a name. Um, And then I think also once you do have people that you've been talking to, putting it in your calendar for if you're like, all right, I'm going to touch base this often, making sure that it's there so that they don't just like fall off the, the wayside. So amazing results. And I think you're just getting started here. I mean, I I would anticipate next year I could see you doing like 10 or 15 listings from this lead source just because it takes some time. Yeah. And you're doing the right follow-up, like you're putting it in your calendar, you're setting the follow-ups, using the CRM. Which So congratulations, number one. Thank you. How are you feeling now about this? Because I think this has been a big change for you. And I I mean, I see a different energy just seeing you like in in your day-to-day. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that once you start having results, then that gives you a little bit more confidence in what you're doing. And it's much easier easier to be able to um, kind of connect with the people and if it's somebody that's you know x number of months out or or whatnot like hey we've I've worked with clients this exact same situation before and this is how we did it and it worked well for us to keep in touch you know about this often and then we kind of gauge from there is that a good uh, follow-up time or not and then I think also like you know, you never know how serious somebody's going to be until you actually like get into it, you know? So approaching everything with, you know, kind of like a positive attitude of like, well, let's, all right, they didn't answer last time, but I'm going to call again next week. And, um, you know, just sticking, sticking with it and being positive and confident about the, the process. And then there's certainly a comfort level now when we're, when we're out there and we're doing it, like we know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, You've you've taken Gary Keller's advice here, and you're definitely building for the long term, which is tremendous. So, mm-hmm. Stace, how about you? I'm going to get your take on this. Like, wh- wh- when you hear this, what's your, what what are you doing in your business to have long term sustainability, or what, what what do you see yourself maybe doing a little differently that you didn't do six or twelve months ago? T- tell us more about that. I think that um, I love what Sarah's doing the door knocking, <laughs> and I know I need to do more of that, and and I have to carve that out in my schedule and I'll probably make that part of my goals for next year. Um, Still working on that part of it. But the circle dialing for me has gotten a lot better and a lot easier also. Similar to, but it's, I'm not physically out there actually knocking on doors um, where people can actually meet you face to face in person. 
They can see you, talk to you. I think that gives it a whole different perspective mm -hmm. when you're face-to-face. -face. Um, but for me, doing the circle dialing on the phone, circling uh, neighborhoods that, again, if I have a client that they're very specific where they mm -hmm. want to be. Sure. Um, I've had success in connecting with people. It really depends. Some people hang up on you, not interested. Some folks... Um, they, you know, if I just drop a, a voicemail, I've gotten return phone calls oh, asking questions. Yeah, you know, it's they're not quite ready, but you know, but they cared enough. To but call they back. cared enough to call back. Yes. Yeah. Which that's huge. That's it's. Yeah. If, if you get any yeah, engagement, like, oh that's a yeah. win. Yeah. So for me, that's been pretty productive. Um, it hasn't converted, but I've maintained relationships and that I know are going to be a nurture. Right. So, and that's fine. Right, I'm and having it for things, the long haul. Right, and having things in the pipeline mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. great. Like, mm -hmm. that's a good feeling to know that you've got people in right. the pipeline. Because not only, you know, are they looking, would they be looking to sell, but it turns into a conversation of they're going to be purchasing somewhere else too. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what makes it a long term because they, they need to plan. It isn't just you know overnight. Okay, you know, let's yeah, let's sign something today and put it on the market next weekend. Yeah, that's not that's not typical. Although I think you had a quick turnaround for the most part. After I've, six months, though, yeah, I think right, that's yeah, always yeah. the that's right, right, <laughs> instant success. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Seems like, but not right. A lot right. of sweat equity in there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for me, the circle dialing has definitely been more productive. So I, I you know, anything that's going to be worthwhile takes some time to build, and then it, it, if you can get, you know, your pipeline so full that like the cup fills up and or like the the pot boils over. Maybe a couple things fall out. You're still going to be okay. I think right. that's really mm -hmm. the, the the game here. And if agents aren't looking at how am I going to be successful like six months from now, 12 months from now, 24 months from now, which you're absolutely doing. I mean, you've talked to people. They're like, yeah, maybe in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. I went with you one day. Literally, that's what we heard. Yeah, in a couple of years, call me back or maybe we'll think about doing something. Which think sounds so far away at the time. But then when you look back, you know, now that we've all – well, I mean, Tom's been doing this forever. But now that Stacey and I are – as many years in as we are, like there are people where it's like, oh yeah, like three years ago, they said that this would be about the time. And mm -hmm. like, if especially if you have been continuing to keep in touch with them, but like mm -hmm. time goes by pretty quickly. It goes quickly. by quickly. <laughs> for, for sure. And and I think that's what people forget because you're doing so many other things, but you, you mm -hmm. do something your future self is going to thank you for. That's how you have a long-term business. And, and too many folks got into the business the past two years. And this is what Gary Keller is talking about, that they, they wanted, like, oh, I, they didn't buy the first house I showed them. I'm not working with them again. Mm -hmm. And that's a miss, if you ask me. So I'm, I'm a big believer in what, what he's saying. Um, some of the other advice he had was that, um, I mean, and on, on this, was you know, kind of pay attention to what's going on with these elections. And it wasn't a political, uh, it wasn't a political conversation. It was, hey, there's some people that are going to have a direct impact on the lives of people in the real estate industry. So be mindful of that. I thought that was... Just be informed about what's going on. I thought that that was pretty helpful. Um, the the other component of this, and I just want to talk about this real quickly with you too, and then we're going to take a break and come back and, and talk to Lori Cushman here from the Justamere Foundation. Again, it's justamerefoundation.org, is that um, there was a, another article of that came on Inman, and it talked about, um, it was written by Chris Dreyer. Um, so Chris Dreyer is someone that analyzes data in the industry and does a couple different things. And what he talks about is, is is the fourth quarter the bottom or should we be optimistic heading into the new year? So 
Do you feel like this is, you know, the the kind of end of this sort of shift and we're going to see things be more normal next year? Or what, what's, what's your take on the market as we head in here? Because I found this to be pretty interesting when you looked at inventory status and loan officer predictions and, and all sorts of stuff, because we have seen some data here that seems kind of negative. But then when you really read into it, it's, it's not that bad. Well, I'm super excited. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like Sarah and I have been working on our business long term. We still have people in our pipeline that are they need to transact. They want to transact. So for me, I'm super excited because for the clients that are looking to buy, there is more opportunity for them. So we can take mm-hmm. our time. Um, but I think, um, like we talked about, if if you're not brushed up on your skills, you're going to have a hard time because this is going to be the norm. You know, this is what we're coming into for 2023. Yeah, no, I would I would agree with with all of that. I think, um, yeah, like stay stay up to date with what's going on. Maybe role play with, um, you know, some people to kind of work through some of these conversations that maybe you haven't had to have um, or haven't had as frequently over the, you know, the last two years kind of brush up on how to work through some of these issues, because I think with some of them, it's, it's kind of interesting where just like the way that you say it can make all of the difference. Mm-hmm. So just making sure that you're getting your point across in the best way to get the result that needs to be done. Um, and I mean, the best way to do that is to talk to other people who are also having those conversations and you can kind of role play it a couple different ways with different personality types, you know, to so that you know that no matter who you are going to be talking to, that you you can have that conversation with them mm-hmm. in a way that you're comfortable with and confident in. And know the history of the of the real estate market and the industry. Well know, said. know what was what 2008 was all about. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to explain this to your clients. Right. <laughs> like some it fascinates me that some agents have no clue what happened. Right. Like what is this great recession you speak of? Right. I'm like <laughs> and you don't know how to convey that to to buyers in this market. Mm-hmm. Because all they hear is the negative and the negative, and that's all they hear. And you have to be able to explain to them with data, with the truth. Mm -hmm. If agents aren't spending 15 to 20 minutes a day reading about the market and studying statistics, then they're going to get left behind because it's going to be harder acquiring clients now. There's less homes that are going to sell this year than last year. So what that tells me is you've got to be more aggressive in your initial meeting. If you can't name the median sale price in the marketplace, you can't explain the difference between 2008 versus now, or even that prices aren't going down, the appreciation is slowing and actually have data and statistics behind it, then those agents aren't going to acquire clients. Because if someone came to me and, you know, think about like the questions you ask, like your accountant or your attorney, or if you got a health issue going on, you ask your doctor. I mean, a lot of women, when they get pregnant, they interview doctors and like, who's going to be my, you know, the one that delivers the baby. If you can't, make people feel comfortable about that process, which are all very stressful and in very different ways, then those folks are going to get left behind. And, and you know, what, what ultimately what I see happening here is that people move because of life events. And if you can't identify those life events and make sure they're continuing to happen and you're talking to the people that are in those situations, whether it's having a kid, you just moved, you, your family expanded, right? Our yeah. family got older. We moved a couple years ago. You know, death happens, unfortunately. Divorce. divorce, right? Um, you know, job relocations, those sort of things. Those are the folks that are going to be moving, and that's happened throughout history. So, you know, this really goes hand in hand with what Gary Keller is saying: is that this is the long game, and you've got to do things that you're going to benefit from in the long term. It's kind of like that uh, 
when you like go home for dinner tonight? Do you want to eat the big like quarter pounder with cheese? Which, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I go to McDonald's to get one, but I, but you want to eat like you can eat the cheeseburger, right? And that gives you a lot of satisfaction right away. But then afterwards, you probably feel like all bloated, and you're like, yeah. or yeah. like, should I eat healthy this week? And then you know, long term, that's going to benefit me a lot more. And that's kind of the mindset that I see that agents who are going to win mm-hmm. in this new market, whether it's this quarter or 2023, like th- that that that's really what you got to look at. I agree. All right, so we're going to cut it there. We're going to come back. We have got Lori Cushman here with the Justamir Foundation, an amazing charity that's local here. You want to get more information, it's justamirfoundation.org. We'll be right back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America is I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera and all of us work with the Tom Tool sales group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. But we're not here to talk about us. We're here to talk about Lori Cushman and the Justamir Foundation. So, Lori, number one, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming into the studio. Super excited to talk about your charity here, your organization, and how we can all support it. It's about time, Tom. I, mean, <laughs> I like it. I've been sitting here getting an education on uh, on real estate, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, glad we finally 
change the focus here a little bit. Well, that, that was the game uh, plan. We always set the right expectation, and you're very kind. And if you know anyone who's thinking about buying or selling, you know where to send them. I so, got your number. I got your number. But, so, Actually, I have Manuela's number, so I'll give her a call first. That, that works. That works. <laughs> She's our connection. Yes. Um, well, first of all, I have to correct you. Uh, we're not a charity. We are a nonprofit, so we are not asking anybody for any money. Uh, we are actually giving away money. Um, we have a, a uh, family in uh, Chester County that did very well for themselves, and they've been very generous uh, for a very long time, giving to you know, several local charities, and, and uh, um, they decided that there were some impact areas that were not getting hit and that would take a little bit of legwork in order to really investigate and see where the most impact could be made. So they um, called me up one day and said, um, how would you like the best job you've ever had? And I, I'm paraphrasing. I, you know, They might have said something else, but that's what I heard. Yeah. Uh, and it actually has been. So I get to give away money for a living. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I that's know, right? so awesome. <laughs> it's like Bob Barker Everybody yes. takes my calls. Everybody yes. takes my calls. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I hear you knocking on the doors. It's like, yeah, that, that's, those days are over for me. I, I, <laughs> I, I paid my dues. and, yep. and uh, um, But that, that's a lie because I still have been, in the last year and a half that we've been doing this, um, I've been in, you know, reaching out to uh, community organizations and trying to find out um, what organizations are actually working to impact areas that we want to look at. Uh, and that area, uh, we've got like three pillars, I'll call them, of areas that we want to, to uh, make an impact in. Um, the number one is, uh, actually I'll start with the other ones. We, we like veteran causes. Uh, we do a lot with the vets in the area. Uh, it, you know, it's just a very, very soft spot with, uh, with our patrons. Um, the other is childhood literacy, which um, we kind of slip backwards into, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, but we do a lot there with like the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. Um, we do other uh, literacy programs when we can find them. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of people out there that are actually doing that work on the ground. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a hunt. And we actually had to hire somebody uh, to you know, dedicate themselves to that literacy initiative just because there was such a hunt involved in finding the places that were doing, doing the programs. Uh, I tell, you know, tell people, all I have is money. I can't, you know, I don't have the boots on the ground. I don't have the, uh, you know, the, the wherewithal to you know, actually do the programs. But I need to find those people that are doing the programs, and then I will help fund them. Um, but our number one initiative, and this kind of came from um, the patrons, looking at all the careers, career openings out there. There's a lot of jobs that are out there that are really good jobs that don't necessarily require a college education. You know, they might be trade jobs, they might be, uh, you know, nursing assistants, they might be welders, they might be construction. There's a, a whole bunch of, of uh, um, positions that are out there with a uh, fairly short-term education requirement. They can come out of that making, you know, close to six figures in, you know, just a, a few years. And so if we've got this need over here, and then on the other side, we've got kids who are, you know, either dropping out of school uh, because they don't see a future for themselves in college, and they've been told their whole lives that, you know, if you don't go to college, you're a loser. Um, that's the uh, high schools are basically telling kids, uh, you know, you got to go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college. And it turns out that, you know, college really isn't for everybody. It's not, you know, one size fits all, and not all careers require college. Um, so what we found is that there is a um, drop-off for some kids if they don't see themselves going into that four-year college. 
what do they do? And there is a sad number that think that, you know, sports or, um, you know, there, there are some other options that that's going to be their ticket out of, of poverty or, you know, ticket out of ticket to success. And I don't have to tell you the odds. Mm-hmm. On that. It's, yeah. It's, it's pretty low. Um, so we, we look at them working with groups that can help them with a plan B. Like if you're not a football superstar, what are you going to do? Uh, and the options there are just a blank slate for them. They've just never even considered being a, you know, an HVAC technician or mm-hmm. an electrician or, um, you know, a truck driver or, you know, and these are all very well-paying jobs that you could be hired in a, in a heartbeat. And almost all of those jobs take maybe, you know, less than six months of training in order to do. Um, but the cost of that training might be $5,000, uh, which, you know, for, for the, the, you know, the give and get, it's, you know, a, a, it's a small mm-hmm. fee compared to what you're going to get on the other side mm-hmm. of that. But, you know, it might as well be $5 million for some of these kids right. if they don't have... Right. You know, right. if you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Right. So what we're finding is we're looking well, – what we're finding, what we're looking for is partners that will help us coach those kids on how to find the education that will get them to uh, self-sustaining income, find the um, classes that they would need to do that, and, you know, give them a boost financially to help them help them uh, make that happen. And, you know, again, it, sometimes it could be, um, you know, we, we've worked with a lot of community colleges and, and put together a program for a CDL class. And we've said that's commercial driver's license. Heavy, heavy need for that. We're like 80,000 short of drivers. Wow. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and this is part of, you know, we're hearing all supply chain, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. that's part of it. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people retired. A lot of the mm-hmm. truck drivers retired when, when COVID hit. You heard about COVID, right? Yeah. So no, it, it caused some impact. No. <laughs> it caused some impact in, in a lot of areas, a lot of the trades. There's a lot of the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the owners and, you know, the higher level tradespeople are, they retired because they, they had an option. You know, they didn't want to go to people's houses during COVID. So they, right. you know, a lot of them retired. So that left a gap in a lot of those areas. So there's a huge need for a lot of the trades. Um, so let's, you know, wanted to address it by, you know, giving a, a leg up to the kids that can help fill those, fill those gaps. Um, and so we're doing that through whatever programs we are uh, able to stumble across. Uh, we are working with community colleges in the area. I think we've got about nine or ten that we have set up scholarships for. Okay. Um, and, you know, community colleges are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, you know, if you are going to a four-year college, community college is a great way to jumpstart that with a very low cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also, uh, they, they are very, very career-oriented. They have researched the careers in the area. They know all the high-demand careers. And they um, pivot. You know, they, they start classes. They found out that they needed more truck drivers, so they started more truck driver classes. They found the, the um, Navy Yard in uh, Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They're constantly in need of welders. So they started a, you know, a welding program. That, you know, one of the local community colleges started a welding program that they have the tie-in to those. So they can oh, you know, put those kids right in there once wow. they are... You know, and they're they're making right. you know right. <laughs> they're making bank oh, on you know yeah. something without you know yeah. um, so but but that gap was there because there's not a whole lot of uh, public uh, you know no federal or state uh, I'm not saying no but um, uh, scholarship money mm-hmm. for community colleges if you're not going to a four year college so there's not a whole lot of, of you know, things that you can get to to make that happen other than loans to 
you know, which depending on where you are, what, you know, what your state is, you might not mm -hmm. be eligible for those sure. loans. So, so those are the, the programs that we're looking for um, to, you know, to kind of give the kids a, a leg up to, to uh, get to that self-sustaining sustaining part. Um, so far this year, uh, we've been doing this about a year and a half, but my numbers for this year, I'm at about $3 million that we have given out in scholarships. It's tremendous. Wow. And by programs, you know, you think, you know, <laughs> $5,000 a shot, that's a lot of kids that yeah. are yeah. going to get some kind of, uh, they're, they're not all scholarships, but um, I think our uh, programmatically, uh, we average around $20,000 per um, grant to whatever organization. So. Okay. Um, so, all right. Any questions? <laughs> so we got two and a half minutes. So again, you want to get involved here. It's justamirefoundation.org, J-U-S-T-A-M-E-R-E foundation.org. Um, if, if you have questions if, about your programs, if there's, uh, you know, something that you, you know, oh, I wish I could do this. If I only had the money to do it, all I've got is money. So I'm, I'm very wow. willing to listen to whatever programs are out there that uh, kind of serve any of those three areas. Yeah, I mean, I think what's great about what, I mean, there's a lot of things that are great about what you're doing, but um, by partnering with some of these, uh, you know, different schools, different community colleges, that not only is it giving them that education, but then having, like, the direct tie-ins to the jobs, mm -hmm. like, you can clearly see, like, all right, this is how we do it, and, like, this is the end result that you can have versus, I mean, a lot of times what you get with, like, your traditional, you know, like, four-year, just, like, colleges are you could spend a ton of money, and there's... Certainly some schools are better than others at then helping you find your job once you graduate. For sure. But you may spend all of that time and money to come out being like, and now what? Right. <laughs> you know, right. like, what do I do with this? Um, so that's great that it's like, you know, let's do this, this, and this to get you here. Right, right. Is there tie-ins from, um, from high schools to the community college? Because well, a lot of the kids in high school have no... They don't even know where to go for communicate. Yeah, yeah, they have no clue. They have no guidance. Mm -hmm. They're just they're not getting the coaching right. uh, that, that they need it, especially to. Especially if it's so college focused. Right. Mm -hmm. And they right. feel left out. So where's I, where I, I want to kiss you on the lips because that's a that's been a big area for us to that's try to campaign a, yeah. uh, for kids to have other um, mentors other than, you know, what they're hearing from from their traditional counselors. Got it. Um, we are working with youth programs. Um, we mm -hmm. work with with uh, uh, kind of like after school training programs for we do apprenticeships. We do all kinds of things. If you've got a program, I want to hear about it. Well, I think this is what people need right now because there's yes. so many folks that like don't know what to do. And, and, and college isn't for everybody. I mean, I, we've seen that in our line of business as much as anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And I, I love what you guys are doing. So this is tremendous. So, again, it's justamirefoundation.org. Lori, thanks for coming on. I think you gave us a great explanation about this awesome nonprofit. Sorry I got that wrong at the beginning. <laughs> I'll uh, forgive you, Tom. So it's justamirefoundation.org. You want to follow Stacy? She's on Instagram. It's at the number two Mitchco. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. That's with a Y. And you can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.